All right, let's dive in. I'm going to start with a prayer, and then we're going to move right into the interview today with Jessica. I know it's going to be a great blessing to you. So let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name. We thank you and praise you for the gift of our faith. We look forward to your coming, Jesus, into our hearts, into our lives, into our homes. And Lord, I pray today for those who lack faith, family, or a safe, warm place to live, especially, Lord, in this season that is so cold. I beg you, Lord our God, to give us the grace to hear a call to be your hands and feet in this world, and in a very special way, in the places where you have planted us. Lord our God, just give us that grace to hear your call and respond. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Without any further ado, I'm going to bring on a woman who heard a call and did respond. So let's get right into that interview today on the program. Well, I want to welcome to the program Jessica Kovac. Jessica is the founder and the director of Blessings Under the Bridge that does an amazing work of reaching out to the homeless and less fortunate. And she does that in a variety of ways that you're going to hear about today on the program. Welcome, Jessica. Hello, thank you. Jessica, thanks so much for taking time. I know that uh, I caught you on a day of the year where not a lot's going on. You can be real <laughs> relaxed and just no problems. Let's just kind of sit back and chat. No, I'm teasing Jessica, folks, because her annual uh, winter event, her 16th annual winter event is happening tomorrow on Saturday, December the 17th from noon until 4 p.m. at a very special location that she's going to be able to tell us about as part of this uh, as part of this interview today. So Jessica, I'm sure you're as you're talking to me in this interview, you're probably like stirring a big uh, big uh, uh, a big plate of uh, soup, and you're de- decorating a table, and probably lots going on right now for you. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, it's very interesting this year that this is our 16th annual. In fact, as soon as you said that, I I just had a flashback of when we had our very first one back in 2007, and how I didn't think it was all going to come together, and I had a kind of a crazy out-of-the-box idea but God just gave me that faith and literally everything came together in the last couple of days. And every year it's just gotten bigger and better. And it's just um, amazing, not only to see the community come together, but most of all, to be able to bless so many people that don't have a Christmas um, that people don't think about um, or consider when they're having their own blessings. And so we provide that opportunity for people to give from their heart, give from their family, give their time, give their, you know, their blessings. And um, it's one of the big events in Spokane. It's an entirely free event. And we serve usually almost a thousand people, men, women, children, families, people that live in homes, low income. And it's just a one gigantic community event. And um, God always provides everything. It's, it's, if you knew all that we did and to see how it all comes together, I don't think people could fathom it unless they were there. So Jessica, I want to dig into this some more because you just highlighted in a brief way the work of blessings under the bridge, but I want you to be able to just speak in a simple way. Here's our mission. Here's what we're doing in uh, in downtown Spokane. For all those who are listening across the state of Washington and beyond to hear about that mission, and then you're going to be blown away when you hear Jessica's story, the testimony that goes into what led her, what stirred her to take this action to begin this nonprofit faith-based ministry back in 2007. And, uh, but I'm, I'm putting the cart before the horse. So let's, let's start with the horse itself. Uh, what does blessings under the bridge do here in downtown Spokane? So today um, what we currently do is we serve three to 400 people in one night from eight different stations. Um, if somebody came through the line, they would start with um, the clothing area we call it the shopping area where people can um, shop for clothes, uh, different sizes, colors, you know, hoodies, uh, pants, boots, shoes, blankets, hygiene items, um, all the all the kind of things that they need to wear. Then they would go over down to the uh, pet food station and they would get pet food for their animals. 
And then we have a grocery station, which is single size items, fruit, yogurt, uh, could be anything from candy bars to protein bars, Gatorade, um, juice, whatever. And then they would go on to the food line, which is usually a 10 to 12 item meal. So we go all out with that. So, um, you know, if it's tacos, they get the whole thing, chips, salsa, rice, beans, all of that sour cream, you know, all the fun stuff we like. And then they hit the dessert station, um, which is a variety of desserts, baked desserts, really good home baked desserts or donations from different bakeries. And then in there that we have a hospitality team that kind of picks up their food on a tray and walks in the rest of the way because now they've got their bedroll, their backpack, they can't carry all that food. And then they hit the coffee station or the Italian sodas or juice or whatever we have on that. And then they walk them to their table or to dining area that's all outside and they get to enjoy their meal. And then while they're there, we play music, um, you know, because it just brightens up their day. And then we have a mobile office that we uh, came out with last year, the first mobile office for Spokane that has on-site direct resources for housing, healthcare, mental behavioral health. And then um, we uh, just spend a night with these people and, you know, bring color to the dark area that they are in and other people coming together, sponsor, bring their table, bring the resource in. It's just a big, huge community event that um, I think we're main, one of the main outreaches left out there um, to this magnitude. I, I don't think there's ever really been one, but yeah, so it's for both sides. It's, it's pretty awesome to see how it started from, the, to, from there, from then till now. And and Jessica, the way that you just describe it, and folks, if you um, want to learn more about this amazing organization, uh, it's again, it's nonprofit and faith based. You can go to the website Blessings Under the Bridge. Just think of it as an acronym: B U T B. Blessings Under the Bridge. B U T B dot O R G. B U T B dot O R G. I'll tell it again to you because again I want to draw your attention to the website because you'll get more information about their upcoming event happening tomorrow their annual event that is happening at a very special location I'm not going to tell you about that location yet though because I want to now go back I want to go back to the cart okay because we put the we put the cart we're not going to put the cart before the horse but there's an amazing story here that goes back to 2007 when Jessica sold her multi-billion dollar business and retired. And just that is not your story, Jessica. That is not what happened. You have an amazing story and I want the folks to hear it. So um, the story is, is that, you know, I worked in upscale restaurants for 25 years and uh, serving was always my heart. Um, but I was in a marriage that, uh, very a marriage that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and in 2007, I, my life, the Lord really opened my eyes to the word compassion. And, and so I was having some struggles in my marriage and I just, uh, once I was able to have compassion for my husband at the time, I was able to, um, understand what forgiveness was. So when I understood how was able to do that for him, he was able to show me, um, that when you look at somebody that's wronged you or hurt you, to be able to see them not as that person, but that damaged boy or girl. So the Lord really used that at that time to pave the way for me um, and kept leading me, drawing me to the homeless, but I had never served the homeless before. I didn't know where they lived. I, you know, you see movies and stuff, but I, I didn't know. And so I um, just a couple of leadings for that, it just kind of prompted me. And then um, one day I decided that I was going to, you know, um, pack up these 40 brown bags and make them really nice and put things in that they didn't, you know, what I would like, you know, like real deli meat, cheese, whole grain bread, a treat, you know, chips, um, drinks, this napkin, just something about, and you know, a really nice bag and make it presentable. And I went out there just for one Saturday. I thought that was the, you know, that was what I, I, it wasn't, I wasn't setting out to, you know, start a 501 or, you know, have a ministry at all. Um, but I, I felt that the Lord has, was leading me to a place to let the people know that they were seen and heard um, because I myself didn't feel that way most of my life. And so went out there in my high heel shoes, um, took the tips that I made and uh, went out there to no man's land and, uh, you know, drove around in my SUV and had no idea like what, where to find these people. And so I just drove around and um, took notes of every person that I met and who they were, what they looked like, what they said. 
And then um, I en- ended up meeting this man that a native man that I had asked him if he was hungry. And he looked at me, you know, very deep eyes. Yes, yes. You know, I said, well, here, you know, I gave him the bag and the bottle of water. And uh, he looked through the rear view mirror. I looked through the rear view mirror because up until that point, um, my husband at the time was like, they just want money. Um, the church I was going to, I mean, just being real, they, they were like, you know, you shouldn't do that. You're, you know, you're going to hurt yourself or, or, you know, what time do you feed the bums? And it just, it was like, I felt very odd. Like, you know, maybe people didn't serve the same Jesus that I did. So I was kind of on it alone and went out there with no fear and just let the Lord lead me. And uh, the man said, yes. So I watched him through the rear view mirror, um, you know, thinking, oh, he's walking towards a dumpster. I'm like, oh, he's, everyone's right. He just wants, he doesn't want the bag. He's going to throw in the garbage. And as soon as I, I watched him, he got closer and closer to the dumpster. He opened up the dumpster. He slid, he, he like, like stood against the dumpster for support and slid down on his bottom and just opened the bag and then shoveled the food in his mouth. And that's when I knew that, you know, okay. So I got out of the car and went out and hit the back alleys and stuff. And then, um, that one Saturday, I turned into, you know, me telling my customers at work, you know, how was your weekend? I went and helped the homeless. Um, you know, oh really, you know, some kind of snubbed me and the other ones were like, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know. Like I just need people, you know, socks. I don't know. Cause I was taking notes of what people needed. And then next thing you know, my work is starting to get cluttered with bags of stuff and God would always provide everything that I needed or if there were special requests. So that one Saturday just kept leading me out, you know, to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. Um, that was in October of 07. And then that December, um, is when I decided to, you know, being in the restaurant business to bring kind of a banquet, um, to the, to the bridge. And, um, and yeah, so basically, uh, it was a, a calling for sure. Um, but I realized now, especially now 16 ways, the Lord's really showing me that I really, um, part of the reason why I went there wasn't to save anybody it was to save myself, but also being able to relate to those people. So the people that I have been serving are really who sa- helped save me. They are the ones that it's backwards. I think people have it backwards that those people have nothing to offer and they have everything to offer. Um, and so Blessings, I think, does that for the community. It puts people face-to-face with these people to see how amazing and beautiful and talented and, and almost a mirror also of who they are. And it just changes lives. Jessica, that's amazing. Uh, folks, you're listening uh, to Jessica Kovac talking about the story that is behind the incredible work of Blessings Under the Bridge, which does, uh, is if you heard her unfolded at the beginning, it's more than just showing up and saying, here's a meal for people and coming forward to receive a meal, as beautiful and and as important as that is. But that whole range of services that they are able to come and and have that human contact. Jessica, when I was looking at your website and some of your social media, some of the things that showed up on there were really striking to me. One of them was that one of the families that you serve or the the, the you know the, the the folks who are struggling that come forward say, we so look forward to our meal here because we have people look us in the eyes and they actually sit down and have a conversation with us. It's not just that they're providing food from a safe distance behind a table, but they're with, they're with me and they, and they listen to me and, and I can listen to them and I can have a conversation. That is so powerful to hear. And like, when did that strike you that that was like such a, a critical part of your mission and ministry? I think, I think I, I just love your questions because I was just talking to somebody today about this. You know, we all want to be seen and heard. And as long as there's a barrier in between that, you can't really sharpen iron, can't sharpen iron. You know what I mean? So to be able to, it's more intimidating for us to sit down with the homeless than it is for the homeless to sit down with us. Oh, say that again. I want you to dig into that. That is really striking what you just said. I'm like, I'm stopping you here. It is more intimidating for us to sit down with the homeless than it is for the homeless to sit down with us. Explain what you meant by that. Why is that so? Because 
when you sit down, if your heart's not in the right place and you have judgment um, and you're sitting down with somebody that you've judged, then that's, that's the, that's the barrier, right? So it, it to be able, the only way you can actually would able to sit down with somebody and face to face conversate with them is if your heart is open and once it's open and that person that you're facing, it feels like nothing, right? Their heart opens and then you end up finding out, oh my gosh, this person just blessed me. And that doesn't happen unless you have the right heart. Now, there's many times when I have seen many people come down there that have an ugly attitude because they're there with home group or, you know, they're there just because they're kids community service and they kind of have a chip on their shoulder. And by the end of the night, these men in suits and, you know, whatever are taking their socks off their feet. They are in tears and it's completely changed their life because when they realize this person isn't, you know, is ugly and a bum and, you know, all the things that they've thought and, you know, that they're really, they're, you know, they're kind and grateful and, and, and humble. It changes people. And so I think that the intimidation is being in front of somebody that you don't, because here's the deal. When I first started Blessings, I was the woman at the stoplight waiting for it to turn green. Look straight, hands on the steering wheel, don't look left, you know, turn, no eye contact to the man on the corner, lock the door. That was me. And I, I was, I didn't know what I was afraid of. And now when I look back, I'm like, it was the unknown. It was the unknown. And I, I think that's what it is of helping the others is the unknown. But what I like to tell people is without the Lord, we're all homeless. We're, we all, we all are, that we're all homeless because homeless is just a state of mind. It, you know, we have a roof. They don't, we get to take a shower. They don't, there's just as much corruption and assumptions going on in homes, but guess what? We get to hide our stuff. These people are exposed and assume that they're just nothing. They're nailed to the cross before even anybody's even got to sit down and talk with them. So when you make the time to talk to these people and, or, you know, they want to help and you let them help it, it, we're, it's the greatest blessing when we, people think, well, they should help us because we, you know, we do this for them. No, when you allow somebody that feels like nothing to help you and they feel needed, it just changes their whole demeanor. They're, they're, you know, you didn't even know they had teeth or not until they smile. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it works both ways. And that's why it's the, it's the blessing under the bridge, because we're bringing blessings, giving blessings, receiving blessings. And again, until you experience that face to face, many people are going to drive by, assume, judge, or be, be afraid of the unknown. And I think that's why blessings has continued so many years is because it's just sitting face to face with somebody. I can't tell you how many stories I've had of people, myself included, that you just leave there and go, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, they, you realize more about yourself. I mean, I had a man that I talked to that was helping me pick up garbage and, um, he, he offered to help me. And I said, you know, are you sure? He's like, no, I, I want to help. And we sat down, which I never get to do down there. Cause I'm running around crazy. And I just, this is just not too long ago. And I sat down next to him and we were talking about why he was out there, why he's not in housing you know, what's his struggles? What, you know, what does he need help with? What's his barriers? What's his, what's his fix? You know, if there is one and he looked me right in the eye, but I let, I looked him in the eye, which I didn't do that for a long time because I felt unworthy and shameful in my life. I didn't feel wanted. I felt ignored. I didn't, I felt rejected. You know, I looked him in the eye and he looked at me and he says, I don't, I don't do this. He's like, I don't, I don't trust anybody, but somehow I, I trust you and trust is huge out there. It's, we have built trust with the homeless population more. I, I was, we have built that trust. And I think that's why people, when they donate, they trust where our dollar, their dollars going, they trust where their socks are going. They know what you see is what you get with us. It goes directly to the mission. And I mean, I could go on and on. Um, it's, 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 it's not just a soup kitchen and none of those kinds of things. It's very um, intentional what we do and why. And, you know, we want to spend the time with them to get to know them. And our, our, our brochures say, how do you know to help someone if you don't know their story? It's no different than the cashier, the person that you're next to in church or whoever. I mean, we all wear fronts, but how will you, how will I know how to help you if you don't trust me enough to open up or how to, if I make you safe enough to do that? So that's what blessings does is we, we we're safe for them and it works. 
Jessica, that's amazing. Um, what you just said that no, sincerely, like it, uh, it is so powerful. Here's the difference. You're speaking, not from a, like a book, you're, you're speaking a testimony. And so the word has power. There's power in that word. It's striking. It, it, it touches the heart. It touches the mind and, and it moves us. And so folks, if you're moved by Jessica Kovac and what she's sharing today, uh, she's talking about this mission in ministry that's unfold that has unfolded over 16 years here in uh, in the city of Spokane called Blessings Under the Bridge, and the website is just the acronym acronym for the the name of the mission, Blessings Under the Bridge. B U T B dot org butb.org and i'm giving you the website because of the special event that's happening tomorrow it's one of the two major annual events along with the summer barbecue is this winter blessings brunch that's going to serve over a thousand people tomorrow folks at the new shelter up oh, i just gave it away I just gave it away. There's a new shelter that Blessings Under the Bridge has. This, this is the big reveal. She's been keeping it secret. Uh, Je Jessica has not been telling people. Uh, she said it's, it's coming. And so here it is. Uh, this will be one of the first places that it's coming out into the open at the new shelter, which is on East Trent. So the 16th annual winter event, I want you to be able to go to that. It's Saturday, noon to four at the new shelter on East Trent. Again, you can. it's free. It's free to come out with a thousand other folks and be part of an amazing event that brings together a community of those that are struggling, the homeless, as well as those who've been blessed and are struggling in other ways, but have a home. And that's what the 16th annual winter event does among other things. So butb.org, butb.org, blessingsunderthebridge.org. Jessica, you said that you have other surprises. I want to hear what else <laughs> is there. Oh, man. I'm just going to write the next book called Blessings Beyond the Bridge, um, which is where Blessings is going. Um, so we wanted to do the winter event at the shelter because my heart was just leading me there. I don't know why. I was been drawn there for the last three, four months. And um, we just presented the Salvation Army, who's new, who, knew, who now facilitates that shelter, um, and said, you know, we want to bring in this full event. I mean, linens on the table, fancy. In fact, this year we just rented a huge chocolate fountain, like you see at the fancy hotels and melting pot donated all the dippers and strawberries and pound cake and all this stuff. So they get, they're getting the chocolate fountain. They're getting like, it's so much. There's like 30 different stations, but, um, I've just felt drawn to the people that were there, um, that are in there and, wanted to bring life into that place and, and love and compassion. And, you know, cause a lot of them don't have anything. They don't have family. They don't get anything unless you're a single mom or uh, have a family. There really isn't things for men. Um, and, you know, so we, we catered to a lot of men, but um, so we approached the Salvation Army. And so we want to bring this entire event to the shelter. And they said, you know, oh, come on in, you know, and so that has opened the conversations for us to, go beyond the bridge and where we're at right now is um, they are welcoming us into um, bringing this on an ongoing basis. So um, providing meals and the love, the light, you know, the music, all the things that we do, the, all the things we're talking about into that shelter for a lot for uh, permanently. And um, if so, God has really opened a door for us that I did not see coming and so um, Blessings Outreach essentially will be in there, which what we'll do is and we'll now bring awareness, we'll bring those tables, we'll bring all of our sponsors, donors, and volunteers into a place now that they've never been. Um, and what I've learned, what God's really been showing me the last couple of days as all of this has been unfolding, and he continues to show me, is he, when he told me, you know, you found yourself under that bridge. And that, you know, I've gone through a lot of things in my life since over the 16 years a lot of trials um, and a lot of growing pains because I didn't ask for this. I didn't know. I didn't sign up for this. I mean, this has just been a calling and it's, it tested my faith so much. God's always been faithful, but um, you know, he was reminding me, you found yourself under that bridge. And also you've been hiding under that bridge for a really long time because it's been expected of me to provide this thing that I created, you know, and, and I felt like I've kind of lost, you know, 
not because everyone expects me. I'm human too, you know. So I've been. I don't want to let anybody down because I love the people, and so I kind of. God knew there was more for me to do that I like I had reached capacity almost. And so he's opened this door where now, just like the homeless who I was once spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you know, a lot of them don't like the shelter, right? Because it's vulnerable. It's, it's you making a step to go into a place of four walls, you know, at somewhere you don't know if you feel safe. Um, that's the stigma that the shelters have is it's scary. It's scary to step, you know, into a place that, is you don't feel safe. It sounds crazy to some people when you think, well, why wouldn't you want to be there? Because when you walk into a place that's confined and too many people, or you don't feel accepted or worthy, or what does that mean? It's just the unknown. And so what he's really been showing me lately is Jessica, you were what you were once that person. And now you are, you know, now that I've brought you out of this place, you are willing to step into the, just like them into a place you've never been before a place that, you know, is four walls, a place that, you know, is, different and it's not what you've been used to um but i'm i'm stretching you i'm branching you out now you spreading your wings into a whole nother area where we get to bring in our resources we get to bring in all that love light the people brighten that place up bring the spirit and watch jesus move all the time in so many different ways and i really believe it's going to change the dynamics and our partnership with the salvation army um it's I'm still trying to process all of it, to be honest with you, because I have not, you guys are the first, just so you know, you're the first. I have not said anything to anybody. I've been teasing people waiting for the dotted line and all the fine print to come together. But um, it's, it's, I have the most peace. I, I have so much peace about it. And uh, if you build it, they will come. And because of that trust that we have with the homeless population, they will come. And if knowing that we're there, you know, they don't, they, we're the safe place to get them there. And then when they're there, they'll stay and then they'll be able to receive resources and services that they need to hopefully help them get out of those four walls. So taking it, it's a step, just like all of us, step by step by step. So to walk into the shelter for, for them is a step, but for Blessings Under the Bridge to take this step is a huge step, but a good, we're excited for that step. So Jessica, first of all, we're, it's a real privilege for us to be the place where you share that out loud. Sincerely, just thank you for, for doing that. That's beautiful. And I'm hoping that for folks that are listening, whether you're listening on the West side, you're listening in the center of the state, or you're here in the Spokane area or uh, in Northern Idaho, wherever you're listening to this program, um, I'm going to bet that you're being touched the way that I am because Jessica, you're, you're, the name of your ministry is Blessings Under the Bridge, but it sounds like you function, the very work that you're doing functions as a bridge to bridge that distance that can exist between um, the folks that you described so aptly, like many of us listening, where we have our hands on the steering wheel and we're staring straight ahead and we're at the stoplight and we don't want to look at the 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 person who's asking and has a sign held up uh, and just keep moving on. But we don't know how to cross the bridge. We don't know how to come into contact with those folks in a way that would be um, something that is going to challenge us to stretch, but also be in a context where it's, well, guess what? It's going to be a blessing to us that we didn't even expect. It'll be a blessing that goes way beyond what we could even have imagined. And you've been describing it so beautifully and powerfully. Now, Jessica, you started this. In- my, I got I, I to gotta say this. You're blowing my mind right now. I keep, I keep wanting to say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because they're saying so many key words that are just blowing my mind right now, meaning the bridge part where God's really showing me he is the one that helps us across the bridge. He takes our hand. He leads us. He he orders our steps. He establishes them. But also when you were saying going beyond and exceeding, well, the address of this place is 4320. And when I saw it um, last month, um, immediately I heard of Ephesians 320. And the four part is, you know, for I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask for. And that is exactly what's been happening. It's, it's my, I mean, I literally, it's a whole nother story, but it's mind blowing that to just see that that's what he's been doing is bridging more relationships, opening more doors, but crossing us over, crossing you over, crossing those who are willing to go and trust 
he will take you farther than you've ever gone if you just take his hand and let you he, you let him lead you through the fog, through the storm, through everything. And it's it's us that holds ourselves up because of trust or fear. And uh, it's the same with the homeless, though. It's the same thing. We are no different. It's the same different different dynamics, but the same same thing. So thank you for drawing me out. Bless you for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, hey, you know we're all we're, we're just both of us here, are just trying to you know move with the Holy Spirit. Like Holy Spirit, lead the conversation. Right. I, I prayed with you. Right. I prayed with you before the interview. Just and I do this, folks. With any time I have an interview, I'll say, let's pray for the interview that the Holy Spirit will guide and anoint and bless those who bless us so that we'll be these fruitful servants available to be led in the conversation that Jesus would be the good shepherd shepherding us, but that it'd also be a blessing to those who are listening. And Jessica, I'm super confident that it is a blessing, It's it, but it's also a challenge because where you began is, is a place where many people don't think calls from God begin. And it's this fascinating blend in your life between mature gifting that you had by being involved in um, high-end restaurants and service. You had a service personality and, and, and spirit about you, but that had been honed and matured. But then it was combined with the mystery of the brokenness that was in your life, which you describe in your book, A Blessing Under the Bridge. And it's it's pretty shocking. You just put it all right out there. You don't hide a lot. You just, you, and, and, and it's like, we don't normally think that God is going to, in fact, use our brokenness as a bridge to blessing, our brokenness as a bridge to become open to his movement. Like you've only come to know the healing of God, the compassion in the heart of Christ, because he shepherded you through and from a place of brokenness. People think brokenness means disqualified. What you're in your story is, no, no, it's the brokenness that actually God used as a, as a conduit, as a, as a doorway, as a bridge to a blessing in my life. That's so striking. It is. And I, I mean, from the outside, <laughs> People magazine, I mean, an office full of, I call them my Grammys or whatever, you know, all that. I still, until recently, a little secret here, since we're being vulnerable, is I felt very unworthy. And no one would ever know that because they, so they put that on me. Like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You do all these things. And it's like, no one knew. I felt like just, you know, I, I felt so little still. Like, I didn't deserve anything good. It's taken a long time for the Lord to show me you know, his grace and, and, and that he's equipped me and trusts me and believes in me. And cause I mean, I have fought this calling because it's, as it grew and got bigger, I'd pray for the doors to close and they just got wider. And it, I'm just now at a place now where I think that's why these other doors are opening. Cause he's like, you're ready to go beyond now, beyond now. You trust me, you trust my leading, you trust that you are worthy, that you don't have to change who you are. I love you just the way you are. And you can use all that brokenness to relate to other people and even the people that serve, you know, to be able to say they've all been broken or they feel that way. And so it's, um, it's, I never, if you would have told me this 15 years ago, you know, I, this is what I'd be going through. I would have said, there's absolutely no way. I, I mean, I, there's no way. Of course, God doesn't tell us everything, but he, once you start trusting him more, he will guide you in the capacity and the temperament that we can handle and, walk with and so it's almost like he's saying you're ready now Jess you you are ready to keep going into this different direction and I am very excited I I for the first time I'm excited about it and not scared um but I know the reason why this door is opening is because God is on the move right now and trying to shake things up and out of the ordinary and bring light into places that don't belong or don't that are not allowed or that are not normal and there's nothing normal about me at all. And so I'm um, very excited that the Salvation Army is willing to embrace my passion and our team and letting us come, kind of come in there and blow up that place with this, the Lord. And I just keep thinking about all the people that are there that don't have somebody coming to visit them. Don't have, it's, like, it's like prison. This I'm calling that place an orphanage now because this is 
this is where they're sleeping. I mean, they have a bed, a tote, and that's it. There's no, there's no TV. There's no books. We want to bring all that stuff in there, stuff that to make them, you know, feel worthy and safe. Because once you feel safe emotionally, mentally, then that's when you're going to be able to trust someone to help you with housing and, you know, um, mental behavioral services or connect you with your, your daughter or son or apply for a job. I mean, you, it's easy just to tell somebody to do that. But if your head and heart are not in the mind, right mindset, they're not going to. I mean, it doesn't matter if you live at home and you, you know, are 500 pounds and or you have an you're an addict. It do, it doesn't matter where you are if your head and heart isn't right, then you're not going to make those changes. And the only way you can is through love, grace, mercy, kindness, and compassion. And that goes a long way. I mean, I keep saying lately, you get a lot farther with honey than you do vinegar, and that is the truth. Amen. <laughs> it's Jessica Kovac again. She's the founder of Blessings Under the Bridge. And I love their motto, which is live, love, serve. And you'll see that on display if you can come out to the new shelter on East Trent. It's 4320 East Trent. If you look for this Salvation Army building right there on East Trent, um, that's the location of the 16th annual winter event. It's happening tomorrow, the 17th from 12 in the afternoon, 12 noon until four in the afternoon. It's a it's a time of Christmas brunch and blessings to those who are less fortunate in the city this season. It'll be an amazing event. So Jessica, folks that um, are hearing about this event, and you can, again, get more information at uh, Blessings Under the Bridge website, butb.org, butb.org, as in Blessings Under the Bridge, the acronym butb.org. Um, do you, are you in need of anything? Like, uh, I know it's, this is like a late, late ask, but can folks still show up? Can they donate something? You know can they yes. serve? If, if somebody would like to volunteer, um, we, you can show up or go to the website and email. If not just, you know, well, we'll not, we won't turn your heart down. If you want to donate items, um, we're still looking for a few big things, but I mean, we we're very, very blessed by this event. Um, obviously financial donations for blessings is always needed, but, I don't do this often. I'm usually the one that people ask to pray for. <laughs> like I'm usually one praying for everyone else. But you know, I know how God works through prayer. I've seen him show up over and over. And so I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm asking for prayers, intentional prayers for blessings and the direction, the provision, the covering. Uh, we need to get a new kitchen. So that's something that we have to, we need to move, we need to move out of our space. We need a new kitchen. So the provision for that, the prayers, and just honestly, I always say this, whatever is someone's led on their heart to do, if they want to serve, they want to give, they want to pray, I, I'm, I'll take any, any of it. it. To me, it's all valuable. That's awesome. And so folks, if you want to donate, if you want to serve, if you want to get involved, you can go to the website, Blessings Under the Bridge, which is butb.org. Org. You'll see a phone number there. There's also uh, Jess's uh, email address, which is blessingsunderthebridge at gmail.com. Yes, the whole thing, blessingsunderthebridge at gmail.com. Uh, Jessica, it, uh, when I think about your story and, and this whole event that's happening here and the way that the Lord is shepherding and growing what you're doing, it does feel like it's sort of like an Esther moment for just such a time as this. And I say that because it's really cold outside. And literally last night, my wife, Carrie, and I were out, no, no, two nights ago, we were out um, at a Christmas concert for our kids for their school. And I had to walk a few blocks in downtown Spokane and I didn't have a jacket. I just had on a sweater and a shirt and, and just walked a few blocks. And I, and I said to Carrie, it was right near the Davenport, um, and I said to Carrie, I said, what must it be like to be homeless like right now, tonight? I am freezing cold. And I, and I, and I could look and I could see a couple of guys walking around because that's, that's near, right near where you all serve with Blessings Under the Bridge. And, and I'm thinking, what do they do? Yeah, it's, um, it's brutal. Um, even as I get older, I, I'm just, it, it still hits me as if it was. October 2007, when I stepped out, it was in the cold and I'm, you know, I just turned 50. <laughs> so I was 35 then, but it's like, you know, my, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I just, I'm like, it's unbearable. And, you know, we've seen so many people with black fingers and purple fingers. And then the weeks later they, they have the bandages on cause they lost them. Um, 
it's it's something that they're acclimated to, but at the same time, um, some it's just still brutal. And so socks are like gold. They layer their feet. Some people wear the same pair of socks for six months. I mean, and their feet, their toes are like raisins because of all the moisture. Um, you know, when you're cold like that, you don't change your clothes. I mean, and some of these people don't have a place to go to the bathroom. It's cold. It puts you in survival mode. And, and a lot of people die out there because if they drunk, drink, you know, then they, they're passed out and then they just die in their sleep. It's just, it's the most unbearable thing that, yes, and here's the thing. Yes, there is shelters. But let me tell you, with all that's going on in Spokane, with Camp Hope and all that, um, at the end of the day, as of right now, there is not enough beds. But at the same time, some people do not want to go into a shelter. They, they, they refuse. They, re, they rebel. They're just not going to do that. And so um, it's, I believe that the new shelter on Trent is really going to change the di- dynamics of just a traditional shelter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a warm and inviting place. And from what I last heard, the numbers were at 350 when um, we're planning for 500. And plus, we did invite our friends under the bridge to come to the shelter because that's where we usually have it is under the bridge. So this is different for everyone. A lot of people count on this. So we made flyers and made sure that they know where to come. But, you know, we give away so much stuff. I mean, hand warmers, clothes, blank, brand, everything's brand new. And that's what they get for Christmas. But with what's plus gifts and stuff. But the cold is something you cannot explain. Sometimes I wonder is what's worse, 100 degrees or seven. But um, it's, it, you you can't imagine who would want to be out there. You know what I mean? Who who would want to be out there? It's just like your our body immediately says, go to the car, turn the heater on, have some cocoa, take a hot shower. You know, that's what I do. It's like, oh, you know, it takes me sometimes hours to just whatever. So, but they've taught me, as long as you keep your head co- covered and your feet covered, that helps. And of course, having, you know, blankets and stuff like that. But there really is no way to make somebody comfortable in the cold there's just it's yeah it, it's it's unbearable well and you know we're here we're talking uh, this this program is on friday the 16th and we were talking just as a family oh we you know we're gonna go skiing and then what what did we say next week it's gonna be so cold it's going to be eight degrees on Monday, nine degrees on Tuesday, 12 degrees on Wednesday, 15 degrees on Thursday. I mean, that is, you used a word to describe it, Jessica, when you started, you said brutal. And what what a strong word. And and I don't think I've ever heard it described like that, but that is, that really gets at it. It's, it's beyond brutal. It's, you can't comprehend it. Um, when you, your fingers are buzzing and you're, you know, one of our winter events on our 10 year winter event, we served prime rib. We had chefs from Maslow's restaurant in Spokane, had chefs come and serve prime rib in seven degree weather, um, to 1400 people. And we, everyone remembers that. And people are still, some of our friends have, um, our volunteers have damage from their, their fingers and toes because it was, you can't make your fingers are just burning, um, and so, uh, little things like hot cocoa or hot cup of coffee just is enough to just warm them up and make, and we bring the big patio heaters out for them, you know, so they get some heat, but, um, it is brutal because you, you're, you just, you can't think straight. You can't even, you, you just, you, you can't. And so it's just the worst thing for us is when we run out of blankets or run out of socks and that one or two person shows up after we're about to close and we have nothing. And so now we're scrambling for rags and towels and stuff in our car or taking the socks and shoes off of our feet to give the people, because how can you just leave them that way? You know, it's, it's, it's very hard. So for all those two, there is not enough beds in Spokane. Um, but we're the, the city's trying to work on that and they're trying to get, um, get it to where there is enough beds and, um, we're hoping that we have a, we, our name follows us and the people will come. So yeah, it's, it's brutal. 
So Jessica, just uh, we'll finish up. You've been very generous with your time, and I really appreciate it, folks. Again, you're listening to Jessica Kovac talking about blessings under the bridge. There's their amazing Christmas event happens tomorrow, from twelve until four. She asked for prayers. Please be praying for her. Maybe we'll finish uh, our interview with a prayer. If you go to their website, though, when you take a look at the events, Jessica, on every Wednesday at six p.m., you're serving along with sixty volunteers. Uh, you're serving the two to 300 men, women, and children, as well as low-income individuals and families that come to the gateway of the city on the corner of 4th and Division. And the picture that's there is, it's striking because I see a little boy. And, and, and again, when we think about the face of the homeless and the face of those who are in the cold, impacted by homelessness, you don't normally think of what is probably an eight-year-old boy. And I've got a 10-year-old girl. And I'm just trying to imagine if that was a picture of my daughter. So maybe that boy is 10. And I'm thinking, if that was my daughter, what would I do to keep her warm, to get her safe? It, it becomes so personal at that point. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, we serve many families, people that roll their babies up in strollers. Um, we've seen parents out there with no, the kids that don't even have shoes on. Um, you know, everyone's scrambling to figure this out, but, you know, we also have families that come and eat dinner that are living in low-income housing, you know, cause they get more than a meal, they get groceries and the pet food and stuff like that. And that's what supplements them for a couple of days till they get their food stamps or whatever. But yeah, children, um, we also are the only organization ages six and up can come serve. So when you see a six-year-old little boy and girl walking with a tray of this 60-year-old man's food alongside of him to his table it is the most humbling thing to to watch and i just say bless those parents for being an example and training your child the way that they should go because it will not depart from them when they're older it's just wonderful and jessica it's obvious from and again i've shared about this that blessings under the bridge just from the very name of the organization that you're faith-based and so you draw upon volunteers from a variety of churches and and from a variety of um, of organizations that, that are connected to you in that faith. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. And businesses. Yeah. So uh, we're the only one out there that really gets the, like Numerica credit union. They were just out there sponsoring last week's meal and they brought 35 of their people to come serve, you know, so we provide that team building event and a variety of churches, um, different schools, groups, youth groups, businesses, uh, just out every, couples that's their date night just everyday people that just want to come and and get back and and get out of their rut and usually i hear that they have a crappy week and when they come it just makes everything seem better for them so you know it's uh that's really striking because um my wife carrie she grew up in a home with uh she has 11 brothers and sisters and they were brought up to serve and so they were a family that was out on the streets, in nursing homes, serving the poor, taking in, they, I think they took in something like 17 foster children in the course of her her life, even though there were 12 of them, 12 kids in their home. Uh, they always had a heart for the poor, you know, the least, the lost, the last, right? And um, that is something that she has carried into our family. And so she's been saying to me, uh, since we've been here now just for three years, like we need to have our kids out there with the poor. And yes, so, yes, 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 yes. So, I guarantee you one experience either leads them back or they, um, they are, they'll always remember that moment always. And um, it's the kids, we, God says we should have a childlike faith. I mean, it's, they do, they don't see anything but a person. And that's how we should see these people. We don't see past the dirt and the, missing teeth and the hair or whatever, you know, is just seeing a person and the kids that come down and serve, they, that's what they do. They just see a person and to see that they're not scared. And it just makes the person that they're serving so choked up because it's like, wow, you're letting your child come serve me when you don't think I'm, you're not afraid of me. You don't think I'm some convict or, you know what I mean? Like just all those things that people have put on them and they're just, it's just beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. So Jessica, I'm going to uh, end our interview with a, a prayer for you and for tomorrow's event. Uh, if you're, if you're okay with that. Okay. All right, great. Let's pray. 
In the, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you and I praise you for Jessica. I thank you for blessings under the bridge and for her beautiful testimony of faith yes. and faithfulness. And Lord, I ask that you would pour forth your Holy Spirit upon this event tomorrow that, Lord, you would bless this 16th annual winter event in ways that are truly uh, a sign of your extravagant love for each and every person that's there, the homeless and those that are serving them. Lord, those that are going to be coming to this new shelter, I pray, Lord, that they would be able to arrive peacefully and safely. I ask that all the volunteers would um, shine forth with your face and light, Jesus. And that the people they serve would also be uh, a cause of compassion and uh, a true sense of um, of dialogue in uh, in love. And Lord, I ask yeah. that you would as well um, shock Jessica with your generosity at this event, through this event, and beyond it, Lord, with provision beyond what she could even imagine. I thank you, Lord, for the provision of the new shelter. I ask, Lord, that you continue to let it unfold in ways that surprise her, yes. make her smile, and make her recognize, Father, your uh, your providential care over this entire work. And Lord, we do pray in such a special way uh, for those that are in in the cold, those that are facing the the treacherous, brutal cold this this night. I ask, Lord, yes. that they would experience a sense of heavenly warmth, that they would be surprised by uh, the provisions that they need to make it through today and tomorrow. Lord, give them a future that is full of hope. Give them, Lord, a sense of lively faith in you, Jesus. And Lord, I just ask that you would give those that are listening um, a, a stir, a stirring in our hearts to take a step forward in reaching out yeah. to those who are lacking the basic necessities of life, especially, Lord, yeah. those that are, are lacking housing and are in the brutal cold. Yeah. Lord, give us, uh, give us the grace to be your hands and feet to reach out to them so that their hands and feet may no longer be freezing. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we thank you for this. And, uh, and we ask, Lord, that you would, um, again, just go beyond it in ways that, that just surprise us. In your holy name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Gosh, I absolutely I, I receive all of that. And I just I feel like you just confirmed so many things that you've said. And I can't wait to, you know, like, get back with you and tell you all that's happened since this prayer. I mean, it. I, I love how God works. I, I wish more people really, truly understood how he does. So and maybe this event or connecting with blessings is a start. You know, if we can bridge that gap from those people that don't believe or don't understand, I'd love to hold their hand and lead them to a place where safely, where they can see um, that there's people out there that could be blessed by, by them. Amen. That's Jessica Kovac. If you're in the area, come by tomorrow, Saturday. That's the 17th of December, 12 p.m. until 4 p.m. for their Christmas uh, brunch and blessings. Uh, they'll You'll be joining up with a thousand of Jessica's closest friends and at the, uh, the new shelter at the Salvation Army building on East Trent. That's 4320 East Trent in Spokane. You can get more information again by going to Blessings Under the Bridge website, B-U-T-B dot org. Jessica, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today and joining me for this program. You're welcome. Thank you.